None of my CEOs ever ripped a piece of their finger off to get back into the game. I mean, there's different levels of grit. <laughs> hey, you know what? They didn't do that, but uh, knowing what I know, some of them wish they had. <laughs> <laughs> there's some hardcore. There's some hardcore. I'm seeing a couple of them here tonight. That is sad. I know fair. you are. <laughs> Ronnie, thanks for joining us today. You're a, obviously a four-time Super Bowl champ, Hall of Famer, a legend. You're a successful businessman, and you're a really great philanthropist and mentor to a lot of people. So really honored to have you on today to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, and, and you know this, Joe, I think one of the great things that I enjoy about you is that um, there have been moments in, our, in my life where I've done a lot of things, but but how many times have I had a chance and you've been there to just where we're walking and talking and, and we're just walking and talking and I enjoy that walk and that talk. And it's usually around subject matters that are um, very interesting, um, um, different perspectives. And so to have this opportunity to work with you and to be able to be on this uh, podcast, yeah, man, this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Ronnie. You know, I want to ask, obviously you're a legend in the sports world, but you've also been really successful in business. What, what did you take from the sports world that you brought to your business career when you shifted over? Exhaust every moment. Exhaust every moment. And, and when you think about playing on the field, if you're able to exhaust every moment, you're able to give your best, you're able to do all you can, you're able to find ways to work with people. You're able to find ways to, to make others look better. And I think one of the great things that uh, I've learned is that everything you do is, is around team. Mm -hmm. It's around huddling. It's around finding ways to cooperate. It's finding ways to being able to see how you can make sure that things can be even better. I mean, that's kind of what's been really amazing about the last four or five months is that you're starting to see people now coming out of this saying, hey, we got to be better. We got to mm -hmm. find a way. We got to have the courage to kind of jump through these opportunities that we're that we're having right now. And so, yes, it was kind of bad last year for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But to me, what I learned from sports. Let's play the next play. And the next play is right now. The next play for you and the next play for me and the next play for everyone is right now. I love, I love when I talk about you in business, you right away go to the team and, and it's clear, it's clear you're a natural leader and you know, you love to lead, you love to mentor people. Where, where did that come from? Is that something you've always had? Well, I can tell you this, it comes from my dad and, 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 and why it comes from him is that my dad has always been one of those guys that has tried to recruit. He's tried to help. He's tried to find ways to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And I think you do that when you're in the military. And when you're in the military, you find ways to figure out how you're going to fit and how you're going to help. And, and I think that the great guys that are in, in that world, you know, when I think of Patton and I think of some of the great leaders that we had, all of them will tell you that 
They're better for being around great people because great people will show you how to get better. And I think that's what you see in the military and that's what I've learned. And so, yeah, a lot of it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's really what my dad has said and what my dad believes. And then it's also just looking at so many great military people uh, if you if you if you take the history of, of of the great people that have led this country from the time that it was born, wow! So you you see a lot of things that are obviously there's issues in our past, but you have a lot of see a lot of positives to learn from in Amer- the American past as well. That's really interesting. Yeah, and, there, and and the reason why is that somebody advanced the ball, somebody gave someone an opportunity, and, and when and when I think of you, every time I think of you you're always trying to find a way to see how you can advance the ball. Oh, well, and, no, that, that's, that's, that's really kind of your honor. I want to talk, I want to talk no, about you though. Let's but, talk but, about but, you. No, but I want you to, I want you to think about this. Life is about going to going into arenas where you don't know, but you got to find a way to figure it out. And the great leaders and the great people in our society We'll try to find a way to figure it out. And we see it time and time and time again. So in 1989, you started All Stars Helping Kids. That was yep. that's a really big charity effort that you yep. you helped create. That's been going for now for over 30 years. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what inspired you there? And what, what, are you, what are you working on there? Because life is about helping people. And uh, when you think about All Stars Helping Kids, if you can lift a kid up so he can be an All Star, to me, that's the greatest thing that I can do in life. Uh, mm-hmm. I have four kids and I'm trying to lift them up every day. I know you just have a couple and I know how you're living, lifting your kids up. It's the greatest thing that we can do. And you're being a great dad, trying to find ways to make sure that, you know, your kids understand all the possibilities that they can have. So that's a great dad. And I think that that's what I would like to be is to continue to find ways to lift kids up and making sure that they can see the best of our society. When we're talking about lifting kids up, I want to talk about how we as leaders, what do you think in terms of what kind of value should we be promoting to our kids? Are there things like, you know, some people mention like prudence, restraint, courage, charity is obviously important to you. How do you, how do you think about values when you think about lifting kids up? Grit. <laughs> Grit's just, 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 a, just get a little dirty. And the reason we got to get a little dirty and a little grit is that um, that characteristic we haven't been able to use in quite a while. And the reason we haven't been able to use it in quite a while is that you think about technology, it's allowed us to be able to be more efficient. It's allowed us to be able to do a lot of things. But when it comes to grit, uh, only someone that is actually running a company has grit. But when you think about using technology, you don't practice grit. You don't practice a characteristic that allows you to be able to kind of overcome something. Now you might have to overcome it when you're trying to, you know, get, get, you know, get zoom to pop up or you're trying to overcome it when you're trying to understand AI or when you're trying (laughs) to figure out something that you don't know about, but for the most part, what it does for you and how it helps you and how it, 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 it provides you more information to me. Uh, technology is phenomenal, but when it comes to grit mm-hmm. and, and that, that's something that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's what, that's what the top performers have. They stay, they stay with uh, it and, and they, they fight oh, it and, and, hard. And, and by the way, 
and you know this, you fund a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your, your job is to fund those well, kind none, of guys. None of, my, none of my CEOs ever ripped a piece of their finger off to get back into the game. I mean, there's different levels of grit. <laughs> hey, you know what? They didn't do that, but uh, knowing what I know, some of them wish they had. <laughs> <laughs> there's some hardcore. There's some hardcore. I'm seeing a couple of them here tonight. That is sad. I know fair. you are. That's fair. I, I want to I, I wanna ask around that helping kids and values question. I was really inspired when you mentioned your father, Ronnie. One of the, you know, you go back to 1964 when we were first putting some of these things in place to help people with out of wedlock births. And, you know, white people back then had 5% out of wedlock births. Black people had about 25%. Now those numbers are over 30% for white people, over 70% for black people in America out of wedlock births. Uh, a lot of these kids don't have fathers like you did. What, what, is there a way we should be fixing that? Or is, is like, what, what's, what's going on there? Is that something you think about at all? Oh, think about it a lot. And the reason why I think about it a lot is that uh, I think about my dad again. My dad came from one of those type of situations where he didn't have that person in front of him. So I think what I try to do and what I'm trying to understand is that we have to find a way to foster opportunities and, and, and foster opportunities around situations that are not really conducive for people to understand, meaning Here's a kid that doesn't have all the resources, and yet we got to find a way to get him not in more debt, but less debt. And the reason mm -hmm. why we have to figure that out is, is, to me, that's one of the biggest challenges that we have in, in society. You're one saying, you're saying debt in terms of character, in terms of values, in terms of how they're brought up, because they would miss some things. Yeah, and debt in terms of capital. And, yep, and, and what too. I mean by that that's is, is and, and we, we're, we're constantly finding ways to get away from it <laughs> and finding ways to, to, to move in, in different places because we know that we don't want to be saddled with it. And, and, and what I mean by that is that that's, that's something that is an issue where a lot of people uh, from underserved situations, they don't really understand and they don't really appreciate. And what I mean by that is that um, if, I, if I got a, a pair of Nikes, do I really need them? I love them, but do I really need them? And our, there was a time in my life when Converse was like the shoe and, 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 and my dad was like, Hey, but do you really need him? And I was like, and, and, and I remember him, you know, saying, why do you need them? And I was like, but, but they make me play better. And, and, and so <laughs> my point though, it was the feel. And, and he was like, okay, I appreciate that. I understand that. I, I, I hear where you're, where you're coming from there, but that, Right. In itself is one of those things where he said, hey, you know what? It's worth it. I want to help you. I want to provide for you. And, and so my point around it is that we have to find ways to provide things so kids can have hope and kids can have the elements that they need to survive in this society. One of the ways I think you maybe help him to that as well, you know, it's just fun. I got to read about you to prepare for this because we know each other for a long time. But I, I went through this. You started the Lot Impact Trophy, which I didn't know about, which that honors college football's defensive players. But it's interesting. It's not just the top performers, but top performers and top character. Is that, is that, is that an effort in this direction? You're trying to identify people with the best character, be role models? Yeah. And the reason why is that um, imagine some of your CEOs, if they all had some of the things that you have and some of the things that you've done and some of the things that you try to do to help our society. And to me, that, that characteristic, especially in the athletic world, 
to be able to have people pay it forward, to be a part of Tipping Point, to be a part of these organizations, to be able to find ways to figure out how you can play and make a difference to me, that's what we want. And what I love is that all these kids, I mean, there are some amazing people that have been a part of the Lot Award, but it's all due to not only how they play, but the things they've thought about in terms of how they help their communities. And, and, and isn't it, isn't it great when you find people that are trying to extend themselves to yep. me, the greatness of, of, of life is when you can do something really, 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 really well, but also find another way to be able to lift someone else up in another arena. That's, that that's the most, that's the most satisfying thing you could do is when you're not just succeeding for yourself, but for your team and for your society. I totally agree. Ronnie, one of the reasons we started American Optimist is that we're concerned that a lot of people have a lot of fear, a lot of divisiveness. There, a lot of young people today, they think America's a terrible place. And, you know, I don't think it's a terrible place. I think it has challenges. What, 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 do, you, what do you think about America? And is, is, it, is it, what should we be telling our young people about America? Well, first of all, hey, how lucky are we? And the reason I say how lucky are we is that, yes, we do have challenges. Yes, we're trying to overcome them, but we're free. And, and, and you know this, when you travel around the globe, there are things that you don't necessarily understand and you don't appreciate. I remember one time actually sitting in Berlin and the wall was still up. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, how do you exist? How did this, how, how does this happen? And yet we were able to tear it down. We were finding, found, we found a way to get that done. And my point around that is that the freedom of people that they had at that moment and that feeling of that freedom and understanding it when you were, when I was behind the wall and I was sitting there and I remember sitting there and I was with, Chris Collins work when we were sitting there looking at, at this, this one officer that said, you guys have to get down. We were trying to take a picture and he was like, no, you got to get down. You have to be smaller than us. And we were like, what? And he was like, no, you have to be smaller than us. And, and it told me that fear of us just being bigger than him scared him. Huh. And it made me realize that, and here we are in East Berlin on the other side of the wall. And we're in a different country. It's a communist country. And yet they were afraid. And it, it tells you about freedom. It tells you about freedom and what, what you have and what you, what you've worked for. And so this country, first of all, we need to think about the freedoms that we have. You get to exercise creating capabilities for people so the world could change. To me, that's when I first when I first moved to the San Francisco and to the valley in mm -hmm. 1981. And I was and I was like, what venture? What? And, <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking to myself, in 1984, that was my first time having a chance to invest. And and they, and they incubated this company called um Office Club. Office Club went on to be Office Depot. And I was like, you got to be kidding me that this can happen. And yet think of all the jobs. And my point to you is that that's what you've done and that's what you'll continue to do. And that's where it, this country thrives because we need to have 
that evolution of providing people the opportunity to work. I, 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 yeah, no, and I love how you focus as an investor and a builder on the optimistic side of it. I want to ask you about another character, though, in American history. You've, you've talked a lot about how you admire the leaders in the military. Uh, I was listening to another, another talk of yours where you said Martin Luther King Jr. was one of your most admired figures as well. I think you got the chance to hear him when you were a kid. And you know, what, what impact did his life and legacy have on you? And what, what, what have, have, did he, what, you know, what did, what, did, what did he achieve and what is still left to achieve there? I want, I want to know your perspective on that. Well, I think what I love about him is that the understanding of people, he had the wisdom to understand, the wisdom to be able to share with you a perspective that he didn't feel like he had to attack you, but he could, he could reason with you. He can understand you. He can be able to articulate to you that, you know, these are thoughts of love. How can we not think about that anymore? How can we not try to find a way to figure out that? So the the, the other day I was reminded of your Hall of Fame, uh, your, your Hall of Fame speech, just because I think I, I told you I found a sculptor who made that really fierce looking picture of you. You you look really fierce, man. We're going to put it up here afterwards when we do the when we do the video. And I, I loved it. And uh, of, 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 of course, it's a great picture of you because he has this fierce sculpture. But then you have you making a fierce pose with your pictures on your T-shirt. So you see you're actually a soft guy, even though you're, you're acting like a real fierce warrior. You're both, I guess. But, I, you know, I remember. In, in your in your Hall of Fame induction speech, you, you mentioned General Patton again. You just mentioned now and how he gave this winners and losers speech. Your your football co- your high school football coach made you watch that losers and winners speech. And I want to ask you as we finish this up, you know, what can America do to make sure it it ends up a winner right now and not a loser? Well, imagine if everybody just sat down and cleared their soul, cleared their soul of hate, cleared their soul of of, of challenges, cleared their soul. And, 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 and for me, that was one of the great things is that when you lay down and you had a chance to listen to what he was trying to tell all of us and what he was trying to say and what he was conveying to the soldiers. One of the great things about that speech is that you start to learn about why America is America. And when you l- listen to it, you start to realize that there is a reason that we haven't lost. There's a reason why we've been able to find ways to continue to elevate ourselves to get better. And to me, when you're completely solid and you completely have that contentment in your life and you know that every day you wake up, you got a chance to make a play. You got a chance to make a difference. You got a chance to help people. To me, that's what I love doing. So when I wake up every day, I don't wake up thinking about the play I didn't make yesterday. I wake up trying to find a play that I'm going to make today. Awesome. Ronnie, you're a warrior, a philanthropist, a mentor, and a wise man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. And and, and look, man, enjoy that fight tonight, man. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.